Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on fantasy baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. Oh, baby. The winter meetings are off to a hot start. Welcome in to an emergency edition of Fantasy Baseball today on Monday, December 5th. Frank Stample joined by Scott White. And this time, we've got two massive signings. Justin Verlander is headed to the New York Mets, while Trey Turner is signing a long-term deal with the Phillies. Let's start with JV, Scotty. And the Mets found their Jacob deGrom replacement, signing Justin Verlander to a two-year, $86 million deal with a vesting option on the third year. And Verlander returned with a bang this past season, Scott, winning the AL Cy Young Award to the tune of a 1.75 ERA, 0.83 whip, 18 wins, and 185 strikeouts, over 175 innings pitched. Your initial thoughts with the move to Queens. So it's it's a little bit like uh, Degrom going from the Mets to the Rangers, where you know I, I don't think who he's playing for matters that much. If he if, if for some reason Verlander had signed with some like bottom feeder club who didn't offer him much hope for getting wins, maybe it'd be a different story. But of course, the Mets are a contender in every respect, and. Uh, Verlander obviously just slides into that DeGrom role there. I think one interesting thing we didn't talk about with the Mets rotation is uh, how it's it's pretty depleted even with this. So Verlander takes DeGrom's place, but there are also uh, other free agents from the Mets rotation, Chris Bassett and um, Taiwan Walker. So even with Verlander coming in, there are openings for Pitchers who we thought were pretty interesting in the past, David Peterson, Tyler McGill. Now the Mets are talking about potentially bringing in another pitcher, maybe bringing Bassett back, for instance. So uh, I, uh, you know, I, I suspect that's probably going to happen, given that, that they're Mets and, and that they're they're motivated and have resources and all of that. But uh, you know, we'll see. As for Verlander, though, I think stock stays pretty much the same. 
Uh, I've had him as my number one starting pitcher going into next year. I think I'm alone in that regard. But I, I don't see any reason to downgrade him based on this. Yeah, I do agree. I think the Mets will probably bring in another starting pitcher, at least to join that trio up top, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Carlos Carrasco. Not sure that they want to rely on both Tyler McGill and David Peterson in their rotation. So I do agree with you there, Scotty. And you know what's actually kind of crazy about this move from the Astros to the Mets? The Mets scored more runs than the Astros this past season. Would not have guessed that, but it actually happened. Uh, So perhaps even... I can't say there's more win potential because he just had 18 no. wins. So no, I mean, and it's you know the Astros are like between the Astros and the Dodgers, who's like the preeminent dominant franchise right now, right? I mean, Astros have been to four of the past six World Series, winning two. Yeah. So you know, obviously Verlander can't get any more win potential than he had with them, but the Mets should be good too. I, I mean, we could get into maybe just how good is. Verlander consider what well, I, I mean there's the reason why he's kind of not the consensus pick for number one overall pitcher I, I think you know the fact he's he's going to be 40 next year you got to start there uh, but also he's coming off a season it was his worst since 2017 in terms of swinging strike rate and in terms of K per nine uh, same thing worse since 2017 so it was it was a season where, you know, even though he had the 175 ERA, even though he won a Cy Young, Justin Verlander, by those strikeout numbers, didn't look as dominant as he has in recent years, obviously prior to the Tommy John surgery. And I don't know if maybe that's making some people kind of iffy on him. He's Justin Verlander, and he just had a 175 ERA. Like, and 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 in terms of just like pure stuff, I don't see like there's not like d- diminished velocity. You know, I I don't see any obvious red flags beyond the strikeout number itself. Any year when strikeouts were, you know, going strikeouts seem to be falling in general. I just don't think that matters much anymore. I I think because uh because offense be- is is going down because home runs have become harder to hit. Uh, a pitcher doesn't need to be like this dynamic 11 strikeout per nine inning type of guy to to be dominant. And obviously the season Verlander had just showed that. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that price tag. I mean, you hit on a lot of the points I wanted to mention. There's been 68 drafts done over at the NFBC. Again, we're still kind of working with a small-ish uh, sample size here, and things are going to change throughout the offseason. Verlander is currently the 11th starting pitcher off the board at an ADP of 51. So that is the fi- yeah. fifth round of a 12-teamer. That's the fourth round of a 15-team league. And it's just kind of confusing for me, Scott, because last year, as we got closer to draft season and the end of March, this is basically where Verlander Verlander settled in last year. You know, Fourth round, fifth round in some drafts as well. And then he goes out and did what he just did, Wins the American League Cy Young, does it over 175 innings. So, you know, you, you feel relatively good about the workload and even the health. I mean, I'm trying to, to play devil's advocate. You mentioned the 40 years old. He missed some time in August and September due to a calf strain. It's kind of shaky in the postseason. He had a 5.85 ERA and a 1.55 whip. But again, that's a super small sample size. It, it seems kind of crazy to me, Scott, that he's just kind of has the same value, the same ADP as last year, considering the season mm-hmm. that he just had. And it sounds like you agree with that. 
Yeah, obviously, if I'm ranking them number one, I, I think part of the the issue too, uh, maybe even l- less than the the strikeout issue, because I didn't hear much, I didn't hear many people making much of that during the season, so I don't know that that's really influencing people. Uh, it's just the fact that he's old; he's forty, right? And um, you know, Scherzer's not going especially high. I, I think I have Scherzer number two. <laughs> I have Verlander one, Scherzer two, and they're both being downgraded in early mock drafts. So, th- what's the common uh, the common variable there? Well, they both pitch for the Mets now. But aside from that, they're both really old. I think it's starting pitcher though. I just uh, unless there's a unless there's a sign of diminished skill, and and that's not the case for either of those guys. Age is very low in my my risk factor rankings for starting pitchers specifically. Durability is number one because obviously pitchers are getting injured all the time and, and the more pitchers use, the higher the chances of an injury. And I think, you know, compared to some of those young guys, the Shane McClanahan's of the world, the Spencer Striders of the world, if you're a pitcher who's proven time and time again you can take on this monster workload as as Verlander and Scherzer have, like that's that counts for more than to me than the you know the fact you're kind of old. Uh, I'd I'd rather know that I'm getting ace volume from you if I'm going to pay an ace price tag, and it's possible that this is the year either one of those guys just loses it, uh, has diminished stuff gets hurt, whatever, that's possible. But that's kind of true for every pitcher regardless of age. And these guys at least think, they've at least stood the test of time and have um, uh, proven the durability, proven their durability over and over again in a way some of those being drafted ahead of them on average haven't proven even once, you know? So, yeah, I'll take I'll take Verlander one and two. Realistically, I'm probably not taking either because I'm not taking a pitcher that high. But I, I think they deserve to be as highly regarded as they ever have been. But to your point, Scott, I mean, they're not going high per se. They're going in the fourth round, fifth round of some of these drafts. And if you start yeah. your draft off with three hitters and you could still get one of these guys as your SP1, it seems like a fantastic strategy, at least early on here in the process. The only thing I'll point out with Scherzer and, you know, we'll have time to talk about this. He's starting to show a little bit more signs of breaking down a few more injuries the past couple of seasons, but someone like Verlander or even Zach Wheeler, who's also going in this range, I really don't have many concerns yeah. on either and, one of those guys. And, and if I could just say real quick, even acknowledging that point on Scherzer that he he has missed a little more time with small injuries in recent years, when he's healthy, he still gives you that. Yeah. He, he's still that seven-inning pitcher consistently that really makes a huge impact to your team's bottom line. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stress about that so much with him either. Let's stick in the National League East and slide on over to the Phillies. Dave Dombrowski is at it again, man. Trey Turner signing an 11-year, $300 million deal, which will take him through his age 40 season with the Philadelphia Phillies, reunited with his buddy Bryce Harper from back in their Nationals days. And we spoke about Trey Turner recently, Scott, on the podcast, recapping the shortstop position Trey Turner, just incredibly consistent year over year. He hasn't finished lower than sixth overall in Roto each of the past three seasons. Just looking at this from, I guess, a macro perspective, it is a lineup downgrade. There's no doubt about that. The Dodgers were first in run scored by a lot. The Phillies were seventh in baseball. Uh, Both ballparks are 
very good for right-handed batters. They're both top seven in park factors. Uh, the Phillies were slightly more aggressive in terms of steals. They were fifth in baseball. The Dodgers were ninth. So maybe all those things considered, it's a slight downgrade just because of the lineup. But I don't know that this is going to change much value for Trey Turner either. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Trey Turner was a very high draft pick when he played for the Nationals, too. Arguably had his his very best years in fantasy were with the Nationals. Arguably, I guess it's pretty close. Yeah, I I think he's just going to keep doing what he does. I I look to see if maybe he had a especially productive history at... at, uh, at Citizens Bank Park, having spent all those years in the NL East. Not really. His his track record there is whatever. I mean, it's a small sample anyway. Um, so I don't take much from that. Uh, you know, probably means Gene Segura's not going to be back for the Phillies. They could sign him to play second base, but that would mean Bryson Stott has nowhere to play, and he kind of came on late in the year, and I think they're invested in him and their lineup moving forward. So we'll keep an eye out where... Gene Segura ends up landing, but I mean, you got to like Trey Turner and Bryce Harper in the same lineup again with some other big bats there. JT Real Muto, uh, Reese Hoskins. I imagine, I imagine Trey Turner is just going to be a fixture there in the leadoff spot and maybe he'll get back to running a little more. Yep. I mean, everybody's going to be running more next year, right? Because of the rule changes, but relative to, uh, the rest of the league, maybe Trey Turner will get back to running more than we've seen uh, the past two years. Uh, only 27 stolen bases for him in 2022. So that was kind of a disappointing number considering stolen bases are the main thing Trey Turner's known for. Also a great source of batting average year over year. But yeah, hopefully, some, hopefully a few more steal chances with the Phillies. Yeah, I think that's really possible, Scott. I mean... You look at what he did this past season with the Dodgers. He played both of, most of his games as either the second or third hitter in the Dodgers lineup. So, right. you know, just leading off for the Phillies, he should have more opportunities to run uh, moving forward. So, it would. I think he's fast enough to steal forty plus bases. It's just, does he want to? Do the Phillies want him to run that much? Which, look, if you sign Trey Turner, I think you probably want him to run. So, wouldn't surprise me one bit if he gets back over thirty or even if he approaches or even exceeds 40 steals this upcoming season, once again, for Trey Turner. Scott, you spoke about some of the ripple effects here. Uh, Bryson Stott obviously slides over to second base, which you talked about. And I guess everybody else in the Phillies lineup just kind of slides down one spot. I would assume, you know, Kyle Schwarber can continue to bat second. He obviously has a great OBP. I think that makes sense. And then Reese Hoskins and Real Muto, Castellanos. Counting stats are going to go up for all of those hitters as well. And then on the Dodgers side of things, you know, Gavin Lux penciled in at short, Chris Taylor at second outfield still needs some help. I think the Dodgers are going to make moves. I don't know what they're going to do. I, they could be in on like Correa or Swanson or Bogarts, or maybe they even get in on a yeah. judge. They're going to do something. Um, but, they have to. Cause yeah. uh, like I was, I was noticing this the other day before this, before Turner, is even clear he was moving on just what they're, what their starting lineup looks like according to roster resource right now. So you got Betts, Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncy, top four. The bottom five in the Dodgers lineup right now, according to roster resource, Trace Thompson, Gaffin Lux, Chris Taylor, Miguel Vargas, James Outman. <laughs> like it's, that's not going to stand, no. obviously. 
So it's it's hard to even get into too much, even get into it too much. What it means for the for the Dodgers? Will Gavin Lux be an everyday player in 2023? There's a pretty good chance. Uh, I don't know that it'll be as their everyday shortstop. I kind of doubt that. But he's of course shown versatility in the past. Mostly, I'm keeping an eye for the Dodgers. I'm keeping an eye on whether there's a, a path for Miguel Vargas. Right now, there appears to be. Do they bring back Justin Turner? Do they bring back other high-end guys? You know, we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm, I'm becoming more optimistic uh, that that there will be an opening for Miguel Vargas on opening day. It's just with the Dodgers, you know, they can kind of, they can kind of close any opening whenever they want, it seems. So we'll see if that holds. All right. Last question here on Trey Turner. Uh, let's say you're drafting Scott in a five by five Roto league. How early are you drafting Trey Turner today? Well, you know, I've, I've said it at every chance that Aaron judge is my number one overall pick. And I don't think that's the consensus view. I would also take Jose Ramirez ahead of Trey Turner. So I have Trey Turner three, Okay, but I, uh, you know, I, uh, he hasn't moved. With this, he was three even prior to signing with the Phillies. So you may see others out there have him number one overall in five by five leagues. The reason I don't isn't because, oh, it's because he signed with the Phillies. It's just because I didn't have him number one in the first place. All right. Well, we're going to wrap there again. Justin Verlander headed to the Mets on a two year, $86 million deal. That includes a third year vesting option and then Trey Turner, massive deal with the Phillies, 11 years, $300 million with likely more moves to come. This is only day one of the winter meetings and we're getting all these moves ready. So perhaps we see some more of the shortstops, some Aaron Judge, Carlos Rodon over the next couple days. And when we do, we will be here for you with another emergency podcast. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again later on tonight. Bye-bye. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.